it's good to be here, and uh, drop my hope card. So, um, awesome. I, uh, Mike and I just uh, came out of a fantastic conference uh, in Leichhardt over the last five days, and uh, it was it's in Australia the first of its prototype, um, Ephesians 4, Whitehall Ministry, if you know anything about that, it's when the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers come together. And uh, there were about 15 different flows, denominations, whatever you want to call them. And uh, the thing that just enlarged my heart is the sense of unity and the order of Jesus. King Jesus, coming to worship King Jesus. Uh, two years ago, this little virus, this little bug came and interrupted our world, didn't it? COVID. And uh, it kind of, I think it shrunk us a little bit and restricted us a little bit. Certainly in our life, we left Sydney to go to be based in this church in Melbourne. And then, and uh, so we could travel around the world and bring the gospel uh, of the kingdom around the world, and then we couldn't fly anywhere. Um, but I want to say that in spite of COVID, we've seen the hand of God move with power. And uh, we've seen in the last six months over 150 people on the streets come to Jesus. Uh, we've baptised people in ditches, in rivers, in lakes. Uh, we've just seen people get healed on the streets of South East Melbourne and having an encounter with Jesus. I'm excited. And so in this period, this last few years, I couldn't travel. And I said, here I am in Melbourne, and the weather is schizophrenic in Melbourne. And I said, Lord, why did we leave Sydney? We should have moved to Bali, God. <laughs> and in the, in the meantime, uh, I started praying and asking God, God, what, what's on your heart for the church? We can do church. Amen? But if we do church without, without the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. I don't want to do anything without the presence and the power of Jesus. And to see Muslims come to Christ, people from, you know, all kind of backgrounds and sexual preferences coming and having an encounter with Jesus. So I gave my life for that. I gave my life. So at this conference we were there and something uh, beautiful happened. I'll preach in a moment. So this is not part of my preaching time, Tim, if you're watching. <laughs> but um, at, at that conference, uh, uh, awakening guy, Daniel Hagen, prophetic people were there. But uh, a name came up about three or four times. Uh, of a, 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 an incredible man of God who um, has, was at the forefront of a great move of God here in Sydney. And different people started talking uh, about this man who uh, happened to uh, lead a Baptist church. Um, and, uh, and so um, there was such honour for this man. He wasn't in that room, but he's in this room today. And that person is Greg Hitch. Amen. So what I'd like us to do for a moment, would you mind standing? Because I really feel I want to prophesy over Greg. Except for you. You can sit down. So if you don't know this, Greg is one of the most humble men that I know. He's a, he's a friend to me, a spiritual dad to me. And I want to prophesy this over you. And we're standing just to honour you, Greg. That I believe that we are in embryonic stage of revival. We're coming into revival in Australia again. And I want to, I felt the Lord just say over you, Greg, that God's going to use you all over again to help with this next revival to come in. 
The Bible says there's a lot of teachers, not many fathers. And I believe that this nation needs fathers just like you. And I felt the Lord in that meeting, I was weeping when your name came up over and over again. I felt that the Lord wanted you to know you're not finished. In fact, God's going to bring you to another level in the next revival. You're going to be at the forefront of that. And we as a congregation this morning just want to honour you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning... Uh, I move around a little bit, I'm Italian, I use my hands a lot, and uh, I just, uh, I have fun with church, I have fun with God, is that okay? Can we enjoy the presence of the Lord? Uh, Tori said I have three hours to preach, so praise the Lord for that. But, uh, this is how it works, when we are hungry, we get out of here, amen. So I want to preach on the topic this morning, the, the title of my sermon is To Know Him and To Make Him Know Him. To make him known. And uh, I believe that right now in asking God what's on his heart, I think the return of the king is imminent. I think Jesus is going to come back. I think we will experience an incredible move of revival. And I'm sorry about the camera. Is that okay? I can't worry about the camera. I can't carry it with me, but... Uh, <laughs> Love you, Tim. Uh, but I, I really sense that in this move of revival, God is shaking the church again. That we're not come here to do church. You have not come this morning just to do church again. How boring. I'd rather go and have a search. But we've come to have an encounter with the living God. Every time we hear the Word of God, He's speaking to us for the Word of God. And we need to have a passion for the Word of God, for the Spirit of the living God, for worship. When we come to worship, just whatever. I'm thinking about Facebook, Instagram, feeding my kids. I am coming to have an encounter with Jesus. And I believe that God's bringing back to the church a, a, a love for God, an intimate love for God. Bless you. The Bible uses, the New Testament uses four Greek words to describe love, but the most purest form of love that we read is the word agapeo love. It's the purest form. In fact, in John 21, when he says to Peter after he's restored him, do you love me? He says, do you agapeo me? Do you, do you love me with unconditional love? Sad that for the first two responses from Peter, he said, I still owe you. I really like you, Jesus. He doesn't want to be liked. He wants to be known intimately. He wants us to have a, an encounter with the living God. The people outside of these walls want to see Jesus in us and through us. Amen? You know, they don't want us to see, you know, a, a lemon-sucking Christian. They want to see somebody who's alive with Jesus, who's full of fire, who's full of joy. We do experience pain. We experience death. We experience suicides and, and depression. But Christ in us, the hope of glory that comes from a place of knowing Jesus. Good morning. Did you know that church is a full contact sport? Yes. So you can wave, whatever you but you can't fall asleep. Because I believe that at any moment we're going to see an eruption of revival in Australia. That the streets and where we're living is going to be so transformed. Don't allow society to shrink you. Don't let politics, don't let whoever is in government and whatever is happening to make us more. We are the church of Jesus. Do you know that right now there's 2.3 billion Christians worshipping Jesus? We are a big outfit. Two people like that. I'll take you out for lunch. Thank you for encouragement. But Jesus is big. Since in Isaiah 6 of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. No end. Who cares who leads? Who cares what, what, what COVID does? It's not like Jesus went, oh my goodness. Didn't see COVID coming. 
is omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing. All and in spite of it, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people having an encounter with the living God, transformed by Jesus, baptized in, 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 in rivers and ditches. That's a God thing. I've seen many people come to Christ, but never like in this season. I hope you're getting excited. God's on the throne. So let me go with point one, to know Him. Paul the Apostle writes for all of you who've got your Bibles, it's in front of me. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Then he says this, I don't like the second bit, and share in His suffering. I don't like suffering, I don't know about you. But I like this, that I want to know Jesus intimately. You and I are not, you know, causal lovers with Jesus. That's why we call ourselves brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. We are family. Amen? We have a, we're not an organization. We don't build a church like an organization. We have the blueprint. Here it is. The blueprint. How to live our lives. How to do marriage. How godly sexuality. How to do our finances. And Paul in Philippians says, I want to know Jesus. Paul the Apostle. I want to know Him. In John 1, the Gospel. Jesus coming, he becomes flesh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then in verse 29 it says this, Next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said this, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Behold Him. Jesus is bringing us back to our first love. He's bringing us a place of agapeo love, pure love. He doesn't want just to, he doesn't want to be our acquaintance. He's looking for passionate sons and daughters of God that are in love with Jesus. Have you ever been around a passionate person about anything? They are contagious. Yes? I love passionate people. And they inspire me. This last week I was around some incredible passionate women and men. This evangelist woman, Jackie Ford. Man, she's a pocket rocket. She's exploding and she's part of uh, CFAN, CFAN, right now, Bonkies group. And she's just on fire. And you just, you get, you get a love for the lost. And then Daniel Hagen, who's an apostle, you just see the big picture of the kingdom. You get next to a prophet, you, you just feel, oh, God wants to speak. God wants to enlarge us. And he says here, behold the Lamb. The word behold means to be besotted with him. To be overwhelmed by Jesus. I want to ask you a question this morning. When's the last time you were overwhelmed by Jesus? No condemnation, says Romans, but I want to challenge us this morning that we, we, we are not pure sitters. Uh, we come to behold Him. On Monday and Tuesday, to have an encounter with the living God. Amen? I didn't, I didn't just give my life to Jesus and get baptized with the Holy Spirit to have a boring life but to have an exciting life to be filled with all that Jesus has with us to understand it Jesus is returning to us the great commandment before we have the great commission we have the great commandment Matthew 22, 37 Jesus replied Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great commandment. And secondly, love your neighbor. I want to say this. You can't love your neighbor until your heart is filled with agape love for Jesus. 
That ain't gonna happen. And now I'm going to press it a little bit harder. It's easier to love our neighbours and whatever address you have than the neighbours in the church. Brothers and sisters annoy us sometimes. Can we be honest this morning? We get offended in church. We don't like each other's theology. We don't like the way we look. Your hands are too high. They're not high enough. You're too Pentecostal. You're not Pentecostal enough. You wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. You immunize. You don't immunize. I'm pressing some buttons right now. We like Hillsong. We don't like Hillsong. We bag Brian and Bobby Houston. We, we love them. A house that violence against itself cannot prosper. You know that Proverbs chapter 6 says this, there are six things that God hates, seven is detestable to God. Detestable. A spirit of division. But a united church, a Nagapeo church, a loving church, a church that's filled with the love of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, it's attractive. You know there's an aroma about Jesus, it smells beautiful. Smells. Agape love is attractive to people who've not had an encounter with Jesus. We want our meetings to be filled with agape love. So when people go in, go, flip yeah, that's beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. We don't have to do anything to Jesus. We're just going to present Jesus for who he is. Altogether beautiful. But it starts with you and I. How's your heart this morning? And I don't mean this one here on the left hand side of your body. I mean the spiritual heart. I pray that the Holy Spirit would captivate your heart this morning. I remember working at North Shore Hospital many years ago in the cath lab. And I was a nursing unit manager. And uh, this guy has a full on um, uh, uh, myocardial infarct. The heart, the heart stopped. And the surgeon was there. And the said, we opened him up. 42 years of age. 42 years of age. He has a myocardial infarct, he's dying on the table, and they said, we've got to operate on him right there. And then the doctor, I won't mention his name, but if you have cardiac problems, you might know him here in He said, Zanala, just hold his heart and pump it with your hands. My hands, my filthy mittens, pumping this guy's heart until they got the pedals in there. Phil, today, you're here, but the Holy Spirit wants to massage our hearts again to behold him, to know him intimately. I don't want to be a, just an acquaintance with Jesus. I want when he comes back, he knows my name. Zenny! Paul Zanano! Yeah! Weird and wonderful, eh? Bit of a mad hatter. Welcome into my kingdom. We're going to be surprised. But we are going to find in heaven with us. Amen? So be careful to judge one another. But what happens when we love? It's beautiful. It attracts the presence of Jesus. When we stop criticizing, bagging one another. And you know, you know what we do? We, 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 we disagree over methodology. Methodology. If you worship in a certain way, you worship in a different way, it's okay. You know it's okay? He doesn't care. What he cares is about the heart. Do you love me with an undivided heart, with your mind and your soul? Do you love me like that? We want revival. I want to say revival starts in the heart. We want to change out there. But we are grumpy bums. We are angry. I've seen more offense in the church than outside of the church. Steve Furtick says this, more than one offense, you start building a fence. <laughs> and then you think that everybody else is the problem. 
What about you? <laughs> a piece of clay. You grumpy bum. Repent what now? I'm your pale love. In Revelations 2 3, this is a warning. May this never come to an early life church. Without growing weary, you have um, uh, uh, persevered and you have many things for the sake of my name, but I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. You haven't, by the way, <laughs> just in case. You haven't. But what a warning to us. You can do everything, you can worship and do kids' ministry and everything, but if I don't have love, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, and he says there, if you look at the Greek in Talia, it says, if I don't have agape or love, I'm a resounding God. If I don't have love, I've got nothing. Nothing. This great revival of God, I believe, is going to be marked by an unprecedented unity of love and agape or love for one another. And that man up there is going to be at the forefront. Because he's got a tender heart. I had the privilege of being his associate for six years. And oh, what a time did we have in 1994 to 2000. And we planted a church out of them. And what we're doing today is because he invested his grace and his love and discipleship in my life. He took this snotty, arrogant, tall, lanky Italian under his wing and he loved Monica and I. And he loved us. And he loved and he put up with all of my... I can't say that word, we are a church. All of my poo-poo. <laughs> and introducing to a passion for Jesus. We've, we've seen deliverance now, people set free, we've seen people saved, we've seen prophetic explode in the fivefold ministry because somebody took his time to invest in a young Morley College student who knew nothing and thought he knew everything. God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. Ain't that true, Greg? <laughs> He's quiet. So God's calling us back to that place to have a love affair with Jesus. That we would be so enamored with Jesus. Imagine your marriage enamored with Jesus. Imagine parenting your business people. See, I believe that the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4 is not only for the church. God's looking for apostolic leaders in the marketplace. Prophets in the marketplace. Yes? In politics. That would be nice. Somebody who speaks the righteousness of God in our politics. Doesn't compromise. But entrepreneurs and business people who make billions of dollars for the kingdom of God. Who prophesy over our nation. Now that's a different ballgame. But that's what I read in the Bible. It's not that we come to church and all of a sudden I'm a different person. No. I'm an evangelist in the marketplace. I am Jesus. We heard recently, I'm the closest thing to Jesus that some people will ever see. That's a scary thought. Good morning. Anybody out there need mouth to mouth? Ask for You're the closest thing to Jesus. So we've got to behold Him. And so John says here, Behold the Lamb of God. And then part two of that, who takes away the sins of the world. We still preach repentance in church. Can I say that? We still preach repentance. Last week we celebrated on Friday the cross of Jesus. Is that right? See, the cross of Jesus is both vertical, beholding, Worship, the word of God, and intimacy, but it's also horizontal. Love your neighbor. You get it? It's both worship and action. 
And Jesus went preaching the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. I want to say this. There's so much confusion. What is the gospel? One gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. It's not a gospel of social justice. Ouch. It's not the gospel of salvation. It's the gospel of the kingdom. That's what Jesus preached. One gospel. It includes social justice. It includes salvation. But I want to say that Jesus preached the gospel and he was still alive. Good morning. But we, we, we bring it just to the cross. No. Jesus was preaching the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's alive when he preached that. I believe that the gospel started in the Genesis. And God said. And God said that is the gospel. And so not only do we want to know him. But you know this. From the abundance of the heart. The mouth shall speak. There's five billion people right now. There's unreached people's group who've never heard the gospel of the kingdom. Are you ready for the punchline? On the other side of your obedience, there's somebody waiting to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. On the other side of your grace, on the other side of your hug, on the other side of your hundred dollar note, on the other side of your forgiveness, on the other side of you, whatever, bring Jesus there's somebody waiting to have an encounter and meet the God of love. Sometimes we just need to get over ourselves, get filled with the Holy Spirit, with the agape love, and just share Jesus. Can you excuse me for a minute? I'm warming up. <laughs> so that was my introduction. <laughs> it takes away the sins of your earth. And God's calling us back to love lost people. You know, lost people are on the heart of the Father. And it says in Luke 19.10, He came to seek and to save that was lost. Lost people, broken people, people whose marriages are breaking. We have a heightened sense of anxiety, depression, and, and suicide like never before in Australia. Do you know that? And you could be just the messenger, the mouthpiece of Jesus, to speak the grace and the love of God that could save a life. And I mean, literally, stop somebody from suiciding. I've done so many funerals for suicides. They terrify me. But Christ in us, the hope of glory. What God does in me, He does through me. When I'm in love with Him, I just want to love other people. I can't help it. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. What's in your heart today? Oh, that's a bit harsh, Paul. Hello, Victoria. This is... Could you please not invite Paul's and I know back? Too harsh. <laughs> Too strong. But sometimes as a church, we need a Will Smith. <laughs> it had to come out. Come on, people. Don't get religious on me. Sometimes we need a Holy Ghost Will Smith. Honestly, we think that when we think what Jesus did on the cross for us, He died for us. See, we come to the cross, the cross is beautiful. Do you know that repentance is beautiful? I was going to hell. I was going to go to perdition. And Jesus plucked me and saved me. And I've come to the cross, but the cross is just the beginning. The cross is the door. I walk through the cross. And now I live in the power of the risen Christ. And now, like a little boy at Christmas time, I wait for revival. 
We tasted something in 1994 with Greg. This move of God, move of the Spirit. Oh man, last night, Greg, we were praying for people and it felt at the height of, our, of the blessing of God. I don't like to give a Toronto blessing. It was just a blessing of God. And last night, two, three hundred people weeping. Oh, love you, Jesus. More, Lord. Boom, 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 boom. Bodies everywhere. Enamored with Jesus. People jumping up and down. People hugging, people repenting, people giving money to one another. I said, do you need a hundred dollars? Yeah, I've got a bill for a hundred dollars. Boom. That is Jesus. You are in a series right now, check it out, on the saints of Jesus. We just don't want the saints of Jesus. We want to live out the saints of Jesus. We want, if it's in the Bible, we want to do it. If it's not in the Bible, don't do it. See, God doesn't like sin. He hates it. He's a holy. He's the Holy One of Israel. He's pure. That's why we don't touch what He doesn't touch. We don't look. We don't say. We love what He loves. Out of the overflow of the heart. And He loves lost people. Very briefly. Luke, Luke 15. I don't have time to say this, but there's three beautiful little parables. Parable of the lost sheep. Parable of the lost coin and parable of the lost son. They all have one word in common, which is the word lost. Parable of the lost sheep. Jesus leaves the 99 for the one. He looks around, he loves the church, but he says, God, give me one more. Give me one more. Hexor Ridge, eh? Give me one more. One more from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. One more from the battle of is going to find hope eternal. John 10, 10, life in abundance. Give me one business guy. Give me one broken person. Give me one more transvestite. Give me one more person that we can bring into the kingdom of God. One more. One more. He left the 99 to bring the one back in. Who's your one? Let's make it real. Who's your one in the business boardroom this week? Is it a grumpy boss? A grumpy person? Ask God to give you agape love for them. Instead of going, yeah, I'm about to fire that person. How about you pray for them? Say, God, on the other side of their grumpiness and their ugliness, maybe there's pain. Maybe there's suicide. Hopelessness. Without Jesus, we're lost. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Maybe you've heard of that song. Amazing grace. And this was sung and hummed originally on a, on a slavery boat. Amazing Grace was written on the five black keyboards of a piano. And these black slaves hummed what we now know as Amazing Grace. Then John Newton put the words, Amazing Grace has sweet the sound, that on the other side of your obedience a lost person can be found. I just changed the words. The lost coin. The lost coin is lost inside my house. See, there's people lost outside. But you know, there are lost people who come to church every Sunday who are just broken. We just see them. Oh, hello, John. How are you going, John? Yeah, yeah, good. And we walk away. How about you stop? And then listen to the Holy Spirit says, that person's lost. That person needs love. That person needs agapella. That person needs an encounter with God. They're lost inside of our church buildings. And we miss it because we're so preoccupied with what's happening next. 
instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. Agape, that's you see things that you would not see in the natural. Agape, love. And the third parable is the parable of the lost son. There are people lost out there, people lost here, and then what we call the prodigal sons. We've made prodigals. The church has made prodigals. You know that? People who mess up in church, do funky stuff, as if any of us are perfect. Really? But because they mess up publicly, we kick them out of the church or they feel they can't stay anymore. I'm so glad for God's grace. I was appalled. This is just an old man speaking. My time up, 10.29. I've got a few more minutes. Not two hours. I was appalled at the attack on Brian and Bobby Hughes. I was appalled. Did he suffer? Yeah. But if we lined up all the pastors from the churches around the world, I'd hate to think what came up, what would come out. And yet we bagged them because of what the media tells us. Please don't judge a book by its cover. He's hurt. He could go to prison because of what his dad did. He could do that. How about we pray for him? Now. Can we pray now for Bobby? So Lord, we at Manly Life this morning bring to you Brian and Bobby Houston. Father, he's stuffed up, okay? Leadership stuff, yeah. Control, yeah. You hate that. But Lord, would you redeem him this morning? Would you take Bobby in your arms? She's broken. She's broken. You love her. Would you take Brian and redeem him, Lord, from the Murray clay? Would, would you just, Lord, we the church repent for attacking them and we say sorry, Lord. That you, we, we allow you to be the judge. And Lord, we just report for you. Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so we see this, that the cross of Jesus is to know him and to make him known. To love people and to share the gospel, the gospel of good news. The lost sons coming home, the prodigals. I think the prodigals are coming home. Do you know any? Maybe it's your mum, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your work colleague. But I want you to think, and this is your assignment, should you choose this week, God, let me see the prodigals like you see them. And then get on your knees and pray. Because every revival is marked by a prayer. One of the most powerful meetings we have in many life is our prayer meeting. Amen? Come to the prayer meeting. Oh, I've got this. Make it a priority to come for prayer. The prayer meeting this morning here was electric. But pray for your prodigals. Bring them home, Jesus. You know what you're doing? You're wanting from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. I want, and I pray for a blood-washed Australia, that I bring as many people with me as possible. I want that you'll join the mission, that we drag them out and we say to Satan, stuff you, stuff you, devil. You have no power. Over that young man, that young woman, my mum, my dad, my wife, my sister, and coming into the kingdom of God. It's about knowing him and making him known. I pray that God would give you a heart for the lost. A compassionate heart for the lost. The Bible says that it's his kindness that leads to repentance. And Peter says that, that Jesus' heart, that none would perish. Could that be the cry of our hearts this morning? 
Because that's in your mission. See, we spend so much time asking God, what's my purpose? Have you ever asked that? What's my identity? What's my purpose? I'm going to tell you this morning. You pay thousands of dollars for this answer. And I'm going to give it to you for free because it's all about grace. How good is that? Anybody want to know the answer? Here it is. Your purpose is to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ to represent Him really well here on earth. Your business, your marriage, just helps with whatever you're called to do, but you're called to represent Jesus really well here on earth. That's it. That's your purpose. One person like that. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here this morning. But honestly, we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Ambassadors of grace. Ambassadors of love. We return with the opposite spirit. When you have tasted and known that Jesus is good, how can you not but respond like that? Instead of giving people the two-finger blessing, how about you hug them? Every religious spirit is manifesting right now. Instead of getting angry, pray. Instead of getting in with, you know, box poverty about bad one another, how about we show them what the church can really do? It says in John, by our love will the world see that we are disciples of Jesus. See, this, the thing that marks revival is this. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And this is how it works. I'll just borrow you two ladies from me. Would you come and help me? Yes, yes. I'll tell you, she got And so, like, can you come here? Can you come here? Have a seat. See, this, this is what Jesus is bringing in his church. I need to be discipled all the time. I'm a student. I need to grow in Jesus. I, I've got blind spots. So, are you comfortable holding my hand? Is that okay? And so, she's speaking into my life. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. She, she's discipling me. And then I disciple my buddy. And she's got somebody there. And she's got somebody there. This is the church of Jesus. We need each other. She's saying, Paul. How about this? Sometimes you might even kick up the bum and say, Paul, that's not right. Stop that. Because it's not who God has called you to be. Hey, you're doing really well. Thanks for joining the worship team. So glad you came back from wherever you went and you're part of this worship team. Give a grazing, prophetic worship needed for revival. Amen. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> know him to make him known. Love him and to love my neighbor. So we're sometimes so focused on one or the other, but the great commission and the great commandment are hand in hand. And without the Holy Spirit, neither of those works. Would you stand there? Now that you've been blessed and prophesied.